Hey, hey, everybody. Before we begin, I just wanted to make a quick disclaimer uh, regarding uh, the thriller block that we're about to kick off. Uh, all three of these movies, since they're thrillers, uh, they have a lot of crazy-ass plot twists and, uh, you know, a lot of things that you, you know, probably want to watch, really watch these movies before going into the review. Um, so this, again, these movies, are, these reviews are going to be very spoiler-heavy. So, that said, um, without any further ado... Here we go for our review of Gone Girl. Uh, but no, seriously, like, a horror movie based off of limbs from a serial killer making, like, other people killers? That's kind of terrible. Well, it's, it's a fine idea as long as the other people actually become killers, but they don't. Yeah, no. Like, yeah. It's like... Yeah, the guy's just, like, running. And... It's like, what if you had the limbs of a serial killer? You really struggle <laughs> the, the ethics of that or with the way you feel about it. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, are you ready guys? Alright, let's kick off uh, this episode. Uh, hey, hey everybody, welcome to I Want You To Watch This. I am your host Dennis, and as always I am with my two co-hosts, Colin. How are you, Colin? I'm great, Dennis. And Craig, how are you, Craig? Yawning. I'm doing great. There we go. I'm doing fantastic. Alright, uh, well, uh, we are going to be kicking off our next block on this episode, and that next block is Thrillers. Um, <laughs> before we get into that, I'd like to talk quickly about the last block that we just ended, and that was our biopic, or biopic, or biography, or however the fuck you want to call it. Biopic. Bi- biopic. 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 Or the bio block, as we sometimes called it. Uh, and that trilogy of movies that we covered was uh, The Iceman, which was my pick, um, The Imitation Game, which was Craig's pick, and... Catch, Catch me, me if you, you can, can. <laughs> which is Colin's pick. <laughs> I hesitated there because we were recording this before that one aired. Um, but let's talk about those real quick. Uh, how, how do you guys feel about those those three movies? Um, <laughs> I think there were uh, two good movies and one very bad oh, which, movie. Which, yeah, which, yeah. which movie was that, guys? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, The Iceman... Turns out not very good. No, no. no. Um, um, that was rough. We didn't need that. No, no. You know, but, but just to reiterate, no one needs that. No, so no don't one, bother watching it. No one needs if that. You still shit. haven't seen it. Don't bother seeing it. But I'm glad we covered it because we're reviewing movies, and it's not like every movie we're going to review is going to be good. Yeah, and you know, despite the name of this podcast being "I Want You to Watch This," I think it's good sometimes for us to talk about movies that don't work so well. Right. Yeah. Kind of a point of reference. A yang to our yin. <laughs> I'm sure I offended someone there. Uh, <laughs> That's fine. Nobody's listening Nobody's to this. Nobody's listening. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Mom. <laughs> Sorry, Caroline. <laughs> but... But yeah, I really liked the imitation game, and um, I'm sorry for how long Catch Me If You Can is, but I it's always been a movie that I've enjoyed. It's necessarily long. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we talked about it on the on the recording, but it's such a epic story about a real life person that it has to be two and a half hours long. <laughs> yeah, to, in order to compact all that in. Right. Uh, right. Uh, and uh, that'll that'll segue nicely into this two and a half hour um, epic that we yeah, are getting this, into. This one is now also one, necessarily long. It necessarily. It needs to be oh that my long. god! Yeah. It needs to be this long. Um, and that movie we're talking about is 2014 David Fisher's movie uh, Gone Girl. 
starring or David Fincher. David, oh yeah, he's not a Fisher, he's a Fincher. Yeah, he loves catching those birds. He finches. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you might know him from uh, Fight Club, or Seven, or The Social Network, or House of Cards. Yes, um, he is uh, someone that is not um, unfamiliar from the thriller genre. So, uh, that said, this was my pick, so I will launch it off and describe this movie. Uh, It begins, um, on the fifth day of his wedding anniversary, Nick Dunn, played by Ben Affleck, returns home to find that his wife Amy, played by Rosamund Rosamund Pike, Rosamund. Rosamund Pike, is missing. Her disappearance receives heavy press coverage, as Amy was the inspiration for her parents' popular Amazing Amy children's books. Detective Rhonda Boney, played by Kim Dickens, does a walkthrough of their house and finds poorly concealed evidence of a struggle. The police conduct a forensics analysis and uncover the remnants of cleaned bloodstains, leading to the conclusion that Amy was murdered. Suspicions arise that Nick is responsible, and his apathetic behavior is interpreted by the media as characteristic of a sociopath. Flashbacks reveal that Nick and Amy's marriage had disintegrated. Both lost their jobs in the recession and moved from New York City to Nick's hometown of North Carthage, Missouri. Nick has become lazy, distant, uninterested, and unfaithful. Boney unearths evidence of financial troubles and domestic disputes, and a witness states that Amy wanted to purchase a gun. She also finds a medical report indicating that Amy is pregnant, of which Nick denies knowledge and a, desi- a diary supposedly written by Amy, highlighting her growing isolation, ominously ending with a fear that Nick will kill her. Amy is revealed to be alive and well, having changed her appearance and gone into hiding in a distant campground. She despises Nick for the erosion of their marital bliss, her isolation after they moved to be closer to Nick's family, and his infidelity. Amy plans the... F- Framing in great detail, she befriends a pregnant neighbor to steal her urine for the pregnancy test, drains her own blood to leave trace evidence of murder, and fabricates a diary describing her fear of Nick. By using the clues in a treasure hunt game she and Nick play on their anniversary, she ensures he visits places where she had planted the corroborating evidence of Nick's guilt for the police to discover. She anticipates Nick will be convicted and executed for her murder, and contemplates committing suicide after his conviction. Nick hires Tanner Bolt, played by Tyler Perry, a lawyer who specializes in defending men accused of killing their wives. Nick meets Amy's ex-boyfriend, Tommy O'Hara, who says says Amy framed him for rape. Uh, He also approaches another ex-boyfriend, the wealthy Desi Collins, played by Neil Patrick Harris, against whom Amy previously filed a restraining order, but Desi refuses to share any details. When Amy's neighbors at the campground rob her of remaining of her remaining money, she calls Desi and convinces him that she ran away from Nick because she feared for her life. He agrees to hide her in his lake house, which is equipped with surveillance cameras. Nick convinces his sister Margot of his innocence. After Nick's mistress, uh, his student, reveals their affair at a press conference, Nick appears on a TV TV show to profess his innocence and apologizes for his failure as a husband in the hope of luring Amy. His performance rekindles Amy's feelings for him, even as Boney arrests him for Amy's murder. 
Amy inflicts injuries on herself and uses Desi's surveillance cameras to her advantage, making it appear that Desi kidnapped and abused her. She seduces Desi and kills him during uh, sex by slitting his throat. Covered in Desi's blood, she returns home and names him as her captor and rapist, clearing Nick of suspicion. When Boney questions Amy about the holes in her story, she sharply responds that Nick would have ended up in Missouri's death row and she would have remained Desi's victim because of Boney's incompetence. The FBI sides with Amy, forcing Boney to back down. Amy tells Nick of Nick the truth, saying that the man she watched pleading for her to for her return on TV is the man she wanted him to become again. However, Nick shares this with Boney, Bolt, and Margot, but they have no way to prove Amy's guilt. Nick in intends to leave Amy and exposes her lies, but Amy reveals she is pregnant, having artificially inseminated herself with Nick's sperm stored at a fertility clinic. He doubts the child is his and says he will undertake a paternity test. He then reacts violently to Amy's insistence that they will remain married, but feels responsible for the child. Uh, despite Margot's objection, Nick reluctantly decides to stay with Amy. The happy couple announces their television announces on television that they are having a child, and then it ends, and yep. that's Gone Girl. <clears throat> and um, yeah, this is one of those movies that you definitely probably want to watch before listening to this podcast. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like you should watch this one before you listen to us talk about it because it's full of like twists and turns and like just massive spoiler alert at the top of this right now yeah so. yeah 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 um i'll probably edit in this well <laughs> anyway anyway um, uh gone girl yeah 2014 uh holy shit <laughs> yeah this, this is a intense movie i'm really happy i picked this because this is a great example of a thriller and how this genre can um, really bend over different kinds of movies. Like, movies can take that genre in different directions. Yeah, I, I kind of like this movie in the sense of it's very effective as a thriller in terms of, like, I felt really intense, like, throughout it and after it. And, like, it lingered with me with a lot of things of, like, holy shit, that movie was, like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was messed up. But, but yeah, so it, it's very effective. Um is i i didn't really know where it was going so like for the first hour i was just kind of like oh god this just seems like so they're like they're trying so hard to make ben affleck look not guilty by making him look so guilty right and then it's like once that like first hour broke and we like revealed what was going on once and it you was hit like, that first hard left yeah like, and i was like oh okay okay let me let me let me bunker down here and like hit the reset button because i was like come on like this whole thing is just like so like annoying it's like yeah of course he's not guilty because he looks so guilty and it's like he like is portrayed like a sociopath like right from yeah. like moment one when his wife is gone like the police show up and he's just like uh like, oh hey come on in yeah he's just like oh yeah that's oh that's where i found the overturned table where my wife is now missing and yeah he's I don't like know he's like if like tommy wiseau discovered his wife was like missing and <laughs> yeah. it's like oh, oh hi, hello cops <laughs> look at my house now please come in oh yeah this is where my wife is gone <laughs> and i'm still not really convinced that ben affleck is a good actor he's he's not i'm very convinced that he is always playing he's a very himself, competent director but, but yeah. I don't, i've never found him to be that well, good of an actor he's always been playing he's always like 
Ben Affleck in the movie. Like, and in this movie, you said like his character and his actual like real life self had the same birthday, and I feel like that might have even been like a nod of himself acknowledging that because every movie that I've seen with Ben Affleck, it's been like. Oh yeah, that's Ben Affleck. Oh yeah, I, I have a, I have a <laughs> we note. We just formed these circumstances around Ben Affleck. <laughs> my, my note is Ben Affleck is distractingly terrible. Like <laughs> it, it kind of pulls you out. But uh, I say that with a preamble that I think he's cast very well in this movie for that reason that he's like not likable and his character is like kind of a shitbag. And well, yeah. it, it works out. It really works out that he he was cast for this role well, yeah, in the, this movie. The movies that are built around Ben Affleck are usually done very well. So it's like, oh, yeah, we built this role around Ben Affleck like as a character. And so Ben Affleck is playing this role now. And so like you're saying, like, it does it makes sense for him to be like this, like, not quite like – like yeah, you can you never really get like a pin on him because he's just kind of like all over the place at the beginning, or, or it's just like so. Or yeah. actually, he's not all over the place. It's more like just like one note. He's at the just beginning. so he's such a one-dimensional actor yeah. that you can like tell. You can see the look on his face. Is like acting is hard, you know. <laughs> if, <laughs> like like it's like it's like when when I watched um, uh, Barb Wire and it's like. Pamela Anderson has that same look on her face. <laughs> like, oh, do I move here? Uh, okay, but, What do I do with these arms? <laughs> I, I know what to do with my face, but I don't know what to do with these arms. <laughs> if we're talking about things that are mildly distracting, I do have to throw in that what I found distracting throughout this movie was that Rosamund Pike can kind of do an American accent. It was that, uh, yeah, she's Australian, right? She's English. She's English. Yeah, and okay. it, it, the accent got better when she was being Southern. Yeah. But, yeah, but through the whole most of the movie when she's supposed to be just regular Amy, I'm like, that's <laughs> close to being an American accent. Like, I can see the holes in it, but but good trying. <laughs> it, it, it comes off that uh, I have a note where it it, it seems like she's uh, the, the actress who plays Amy is doing an elf impression. <laughs> it reminded me of like. <laughs> like she was trying to do a character from Lord of the Rings. You like, must take the no. ring to Mordor, yeah, I Frodo. Am, I am Lewin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's just Rosamund Pike trying to not sound British. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. I really also, like, going back to Ben Affleck's one-dimensional, um, like the opening dialogue where it's like them, like kind of like the romance kind of happening and... She's like, oh, like, yeah, I'm sure you know how to, like, you know, bullshit. And he's like, you know, never with you. And it's like, oh, I just can't trust you. It's the chin. And that's, like, one of those things that recurs and, like, comes back through the movie, like, time and time again. And I felt like it was one of those things where it didn't really need to be called back. But, you know, it was actually, like, um, it was more the sugar storm where I was just like, this is just... He doesn't really seem like like how did they fall in love in the first place? Like he's not well, romantic. That's, that's that's all written in her diary, so you don't know if that actually happened. And, or yeah, if that's, no, that's the no, whole diary is no. Like he does corroborate that part. Thing. Like at, like he does corroborate that part when he's talking with the police, though. Like he says, like okay, like up until this point, this is like the true stuff, and she says that too. She's like, you know, as she's oh right, like, yeah. as she's narrating over writing the diary, she's like, you know, like start with the true stuff, start with like the the sweetheart, like the honeymoon time, and then oh, like, that's right. she and then does you start say that add, the falling adding in fabrications. Love story was true. Yeah. yeah, um, and like yeah, so I I really I thought I liked the premise of it, but again, like the that whole one dimension thing kind of like made it fall flat. 
Um, but but, but it's like the, the part that you really know that he cares about her is when he goes down on her because that's like that's always like the trope in like yeah. movies. It's like <laughs> if a guy goes down on a girl, like they're getting married at some point. Like, right. it's, <laughs> and doesn't she like he he's in the middle of going down on her and she like st- turns to him and says, "I really like you." Or something yeah, exactly. Like yeah, like, yeah. But uh, before, because we're really excited to talk about this movie, but we're just glancing over. Uh, Dennis, your uh, detective Ronda phony costume. I mean, you just look great once again. You've you've broken those uh, boobs back out that you had for. Um... I, I never put them away. Honestly. <laughs> yeah, but but those um, the 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 boobs are back. You've got you know a gun strapped to your hip, and and it's is that loaded with live ammunition? Uh, blanks. I, I I couldn't get bullets in time. Oh wow! Yeah, I was kind of a little bit scared. No, that, you know you had a, a gun in the room, but but you've got handcuffs and and you've got a. a did you see my wig guy to get that wig? I mean, that's, it's <laughs> I, I, I did. He, he he gave me a great deal on this. Um, you know this kind of uh, mousy brown wig. Uh, <laughs> And I, if you've noticed, I also shrank to a good like five five. I did. Yeah. I did notice that. Um, that was tough. <laughs> uh, so we'll see. We'll see how long I stay down here at this height, as this, as this tiny detective woman from the south. Uh, <laughs> Craig, as always, <laughs> representing scenery as the crime scene that was staged. Well, I did think about dressing as the one black person in this movie. But... Uh, yeah, but <laughs> oh. yeah, no. you know. <laughs> you, you, you can't that's do Tyler Perry, and that's a little too on that's, the nose. That's, yeah, that's a little <laughs> on the nose. I, I just, mean, he, he he just completely represents like blackness as a whole in this movie as Tyler Perry. But, but I like how you've even got like black light showing where the blood was mopped up. You've yeah, got in your little kitchen there. And the, yeah, and the broken glass. You know, it's it, again, you're just. The crew that you've got building all these this scenery and making it into costumes must have gotten some good overtime this week. Yeah, like I said before, they're they're small but they're a tight crew. Like they fucking like I don't know how we get so much done with like three people, but like they are just on it all the time. It's crazy. I like how they have the little forensics investigators in there, you know, and then yeah, even really... have like the one asshole cop who just has like a hard on for Ben Affleck's character. <laughs> it's pretty good. <laughs> oh, and uh Good old Desi here. Yeah, yes. Even like the like, yeah, like the kind of like the meek, like I, like your postures even like kind of changed. I to did. Kind I've of been like... working on my posture. I've been uh, bringing home, bringing groceries in. I've, uh, I've gotten you know the blonde like shortcut done. Yeah. Um, I'm Stellar also. Stellar job by your wig guy. Yeah. I, well, I mean, you know, he's my wig guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know, you I know do. the quality of his yeah, work. Yeah. Um, but I've also become independently wealthy. Oh wow. uh, yeah, I've I've got three different houses. One of them is equipped with uh, video surveillance on all the entrances and exits. So yeah, just to embody the role, I went out and became as independently wealthy as this character was. Oh. It's, it's it's very impressive, and, and 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 to top it off, your your Pez dispenser neck that you got going on there. Oh yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I had to I had to embody like the character in all parts of the movie. So right. I, yeah. After his death, I have like the whole neck is it just just peel, yeah, it's like nearly had mis- and nearly it's, headless it's, neck. It's, it's, this isn't actual blood, but you know. It, well, that's it, good. Yeah, but but it does shoot you know red paint out at you guys. <laughs> I'm sorry that I've gotten it everywhere. It, here, it, really. It's quite all right. This this room is quite a disaster, um, mostly from Craig's giant costumes every week. But um, anyways, <laughs> yes. Um, 
So let's <laughs> the bar, you guys. <laughs> yeah, but they, they do mention how kind I, of meta and dumb and on the nose and it I is. And I literally wrote call... down that does not excuse that. <laughs> it's just called the, the bar. bar. <laughs> I bet it's hilarious in the book. Like they're just referencing how hipster it is. And, yeah. And all I, that. I, I, I do like how uh, later on in the movie, when the investigation is in full swing, that bar is a happening spot. Cause all <laughs> oh, the yeah, kids want to hang out there. Everyone wants yeah, to yeah. go to there because it's tied to the famous right. murder case or disappearance or and, whatever. And that place would totally exist in the, in the area that we live right now. Oh, you know, well, 100%. Yeah. Like some small town that has like probably a college in it. And, of course, they're going to name a bar The Bar. Yeah. And all the young hipsters. I mean, we would be there, guys. <laughs> we would be there. Um, but, yeah, I I really did like this movie, despite all of my, my nitpicking at yeah, the top here. Like, despite my problems um, with it, I like the movie. <coughs> um, I, I, like, I really did like the proposal scene. I thought that was really actually pretty well done like yeah see uh, i thought that was way cheesier than like the sugar storm but no i thought like uh, i don't know it was i felt it was like the right level of like cheesy like i mean the the sugar storm was literally like saccharin like it was literally just like sugar it was yeah so sweet right like in like every sense of the word like i can see myself doing something cheesy like that but I don't know. I, I like the proposal scene. I thought it was well done. Um, and I love how they're, like, both, like... I mean, I guess she kind of, like, shaped him into a sociopath uh, a little bit. Like and that She was shaped of, him? Yeah, that was, like, her whole thing was, like, I, I like, taught you. I made you better. I, like, put you, like... I, like, put you, like, on your best game. And then you started, like, slacking off, which is why I did the, did all of this. That's That was, like, the whole point of it was she's, like, I... You're not like the the intelligent man that I've like trained you to be, essentially. Right, because because <laughs> in their flashback when they meet, they're both like just like ripping into the people that are at her party. Yeah, it's like all these people are bullshit. We're the only cool ones. Fuck all y'all. Yeah, but then right. like yeah, she kind of like, I mean, she says that like almost like verbatim was like you know like, I pushed you to become like the person that you are, and this is not what I agreed to, and we created the contract that is our marriage you know right <laughs> she just took her psych like psychopathy way more seriously than he took his <laughs> oh she's like you start getting into the movie and you're like oh he's a little crazy he's a little and, but then once they really start to get into her you're like oh she is a psychopath right. <laughs> like she is a, such a crazy person and it, it's great because we touched on it a little bit this movie is two hours and what two and like a half two, hours Two hours, 20, 20 minutes. Two hours and 20 minutes, something like that. It's like yeah. a solid two and a half hour movie. And uh, about an hour and 15 minutes through it comes the first plot twist. So in the middle of the movie, you get your first plot twist where it's revealed that Amy has faked her own death to frame her husband, Ben Affleck, into um, that he murdered her. And she's fine. She's everything is staged perfectly. Everything, and then we start. Everything happened exactly according to plan, and everything. And we start seeing that the diary that has been like kind of our narrator through this, or has been like where we're getting a bunch of the story, is like totally fabricated and all this stuff. And like we're like, oh, okay, so now we're into a different part of the story. Like, like we have a different narrator. We have a different everything. It's a total left turn. Right. And then meanwhile, Ben Affleck is starting to wise up that. Amy has fabricated her own kidnapping and is trying to frame him. 
for or, it. Well, fabricated her own death. Right, fabricated her own death. Yeah. Or kidnapping or whatever. Well, no, I guess at that point it is a death because they it's found all the because, blood. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and so he when he puts out that video... I, I like it because then Amy goes into improv mode where she starts she she starts to improv what she's gonna do uh, from then on. No, it's it's when she gets robbed. Yeah, it's not until she gets yeah. robbed by the rednecks right. that she has to improvise. Right, and she and, goes to Neil Patrick Harris, and that's a sign of a true psychopath where her improvisation skills are just as good as her planning skills. <laughs> yeah, or she, oh yeah, I can totally improvise fucking people over and like <laughs> framing them for horrible crimes is well as I can plan out over the course of a long period of time framing people for hideous crimes. And, oh my god. And it's great because the movie just makes it so like like no one's likable really. There's not really a likable yeah, character in it. Maybe the detective. Maybe Kim the Dickens. The detective. The twin. I like Margot. Margot. I like Margot. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Kim, Kim Dickens. Uh, she's one of those actors for me who is just so tied to a part that even though she's in a million things, anytime I see Kim Dickens in anything, I'm like, oh, it's Joni Stubbs from Deadwood. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's totally Joni Stubbs. <laughs> who is that? Who is she? Uh, the detective oh, uh, played okay. by Kim Dickens, but she plays um, the madam of the Bella Union um, saloon on the show Deadwood. And anytime I see her in anything, I'm just like, oh, Joni Stubbs. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like the movie was kind of weird because it like I felt like it kept, kept trying to like beat these like tropes over our head with like the like oh clue number one thing and like, yeah all like, of, like they have literal clues yeah. yeah and and then it was kind of like I was kind of like up until like that first like a, that turn again that that turn just made everything in this movie for me because if the movie kept going the way that it was I was just like. Like every second that was passing, I was just like getting more and more like bored with what was going on, and then it was like, at the right moment, it was like, oh, holy shit! Like I can't believe that. First of all, like how fucking crazy she just turned out to be. Like she just completely flipped on her head, and um, I just really liked that this movie kind of started with something really familiar, like almost like boringly familiar and then yeah like halfway through almost it just kind of like flips it around and then starts playing with your mind again but it also takes so much time building up the love story and building up like them coming together and then like the relationship starting to fall apart before they even get into her disappearance so it's i mean it, again it has to take as much time as it takes right and the conclusion i mean it takes a while because there's a lot to conclude <laughs> That how she moves from like cold blood murder into being the victim, yeah, for the rest of the world to see and to be on her side, and uh, that all comes to climax for me when uh, she's in she's like tucking Ben Affleck in, and she's like, oh, you know, you so can disturbing. stay with me, and he's like, I still need some time, and she's like, you know, I'd never hurt you. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. yeah. She's tugging him in. She's saying, I'd never hurt you. You're like, bitch, you just framed me for murder. Yeah. <laughs> the fuck out of here. <laughs> oh, that's terrifying. But yeah, it is also one of those things of being the only married man in on this podcast. It's like, oh, wow. That's terrifying. <laughs> do you look what, at, if, what if do your you look wife has to like, frame you for, <laughs> for murder and then like come back and then all this stuff? Like, it's so scary. <laughs> it's like, 
<laughs> I can't imagine Steph ever doing anything like this. I don't well, know. I'm sure he couldn't either. You never know. I'm sure he couldn't either at the beginning of this Watch. movie. <laughs> How much can you ever on. really know someone, Colin? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, I think this might be Tyler Perry's best role in a movie yet. Like, <laughs> yeah, let's talk about Tyler Perry. Oh my God. I, didn't, I didn't even know it was Tyler Perry until you pointed it out. Right? Like, we try not to talk about these until we're on mic, but you did mention that that was Tyler Perry, and I'm like, holy shit, that was Tyler Perry. <laughs> oh, yeah. and, and he's cast perfectly as the lawyer that has a rep- has what built a business out of defending men that have been accused for murdering their wives, <laughs> and Tyler Perry like. He makes so many like Christian values. Yeah, he makes movies, movies that uh, I don't know uh, how to put this other than uh, they hate women. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they are. Yeah, like just so bad. <laughs> yeah, they're just bad. Um, and yeah, this is this is definitely like I was like, oh crap! Like I know we saw uh, you know Confessions, and we all enjoyed that one. That was uh, a blast. <laughs> watching Confessions of a Marriage Counselor. But I think this that might was, top. This might be. The, this might top that role. Uh, or I don't think was he was, was he was in that. that? Was, I don't think he was if in he that. If he was, movie. it was just a peripheral character, and probably only fans of Tyler Perry movies picked up on it. Yeah. Well, he was just a peripheral character in this movie too. Kind of. I mean, he's well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, interesting fact that was originally written for Alec Baldwin, and if you think about it, would totally work. That out. would work. Yeah. Equally as well. Yeah. No, yeah. yeah. So can we just like interchange like Tyler Perry and Alec Baldwin? Is now? Tyler Perry the let's black think, Alec Baldwin? Let's, yeah, let's think about that, you guys. <laughs> I want to see Tyler Perry saying coffee is for closers. <laughs> <laughs> um, guys, Casey Wilson is in this movie. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Casey Wilson plays. Oh, uh, the, Noel? Yeah, yeah. Noel, like the best friend who she steals the urine from. Oh, yeah. yeah. And when I saw her, I'm like, wait a minute why is casey wilson in this like tense thriller movie <laughs> like she's like snl like comedian like writing partner of june diane Raphael. like what is she doing yeah. in this movie? i remember from happy endings which yeah is also an amazing show happy endings and um oh what's the uh ass backwards oh yeah. i haven't seen that one but i haven't yeah, seen that, that one that was good um yeah i like her in this movie was really i was like what like and i kept ex- i was expecting her to be like funnier yeah, you she's know, almost just... exclusively a comedic actress, and then she's in Gone Girl. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, we're going to get like some some jokes here. And I was like, Yeah, oh, I was no, expecting okay, some okay. comic relief. There's <laughs> jokes made at her expense. Oh, yeah. True. <laughs> yeah. She's like the town idiot. I love that the uh, like the lead detective was actually like a really good cop. You know, because yeah. that's like yeah. in so many movies like this, it would have just been like, you know, like the vendetta cop where it's like, I know there's something off with this guy. And I mean, she has like that moment, but she's still like, but let's look at everything. Like, let's not just like, you know, we're detectives. What we do is like our job is to like examine the evidence, like regardless of how we feel about the person, which (laughs) she says to like, you know, like her deputy or whatever. The deputy guy who hates Ben Affleck. Yeah. yeah, He was the Rolling Stones writer for Almost Famous. And who also is like, oh yeah. He grew up to be a cop. um, Guys, he grew up he's like says that like the wife like everything being like the in the wife's name and everything like that like must be humiliating because the wife makes more money and it's like you're saying this to your boss who is a woman and she like never says anything like in response to it but it's like oh it's you're like, saying it's like, they, you're you like oh it must be humili- humiliating for a wife to be making more than a husband you say to your female boss like <laughs> I, 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 yeah I, yeah that was stupid but I, I took that more of like it must be embarrassing that like 
it's his business technically that like he's operating with his his sister and like that's his claim you know he's like oh this is what i do but it's actually in his wife you know that would be the embarrassing thing is is what i would get from that or just like the fact that like everything that he owns is like actually in his wife's name i think he's more referring to that old-timey prospect yeah but if it was the other way no one would blink an eye well no but this is missouri (laughs) and you gotta think that they're a bunch of fucking ass backwards (laughs) way back when um i I take that back i I love you flyover states I Aren't flying we over a flyover you. state? No! God damn it, Colorado is <laughs> oh, awesome. No, everybody's coming here now. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's sickening. Oh. <laughs> I mean, yay, love economy. <laughs> I love how this movie um, makes a big deal of like traditional anniversary gifts. Out of like, he's, they use, like, oh, it's the cotton anniversary, the second anniversary. Oh, we're the fifth anniversary. It's the wood anniversary, like where you have to get people. Or you oh, get right. Your, yeah, yeah. Your like, this is a favorite reference of paul f Tompkins is like he'll always talk about oh what is that it's the uh this anniversary when he's doing his uh improvised yeah. monologues um <laughs> uh, i love yeah and then like the turn again with like uh neil patrick harris being uh crazy too it's like everyone's just movies yeah. just crazy i it's think just- by the time that we got to that. I wrote down that this movie is a NASCAR race because it turns left so much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is he just... nuts though? I didn't get a vibe that he was crazy. Are you serious? Yeah. He was like holding her prisoner there. No, he wasn't. No. Yeah, he, he was. He was. Like... Yeah, he was like he was like there's cameras so like I can see everyone that comes and goes like I think we're it was extremely we were isolated. Supposed to be... Like it was like well, because she was in hiding, and there was there was like a public investigation to find her. Yeah, and so like he was like like more like basically like protecting her based off of what she brought to the table. Like I didn't take it that no, he I, was. Like, I was. I, like, I, th- he I was thought creepy. he was like still obsessed with her after all these years, and now that he had her, he was not going to let her go. Like that was that was the impression that I got from no. like what I got from it was that really? was uh, yeah what I got from it was that <laughs> actually everything that was reported about the guy was a fabrication from her because he was like in the line where he was like I'm not gonna force myself upon you he's like because he he she kept on watching this television of like his of you know what was going on in the investigation right and like he pulls it away and he's like look you gotta fucking get past this shit I'm not gonna force myself on you. Like no, I because I saw it as like he was start he saw her like starting to like get back interested in him and that's why he turned it off because she was like watching this like watching like this heartfelt thing from quote air quotes from uh why am I Nick from Nick and uh she was like starting to be like moved and interested by it and so he was like you don't need to be watching any more of this like it felt very it felt very possessive to me. And I, I don't know. Like, I I think it was a little in between both of them. I don't think he was supposed to be actually like keeping her prisoner, but I do think they wanted us to feel like just a twinge of him being creepy or him being because possessive. I, I I don't know. I, I everything about that just really felt doesn't like he the, was. Uh, doesn't the timeline overlap for when Ben Affleck comes to uh, Neil Patrick Harris's house? That's when he has his wife in protection. No, no, no. That's way that. before it's that. A, She's after. still at the campground when Ben Affleck goes to see Neil, see Neil Patrick Harris. Are you sure? Yes. 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 I uh, I don't know. I really think that he was because he, was he tells her when he comes and picks her up from the campground and she's talking about stuff. He says he even came to see me. 
Oh, right. Yeah, yeah does, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, because he meets her at the casino. Yeah. Um. Yeah, no, I didn't get a creepy vibe from NPH. I got a little bit of a one, but not as much of a one as you got. All right. right. I don't, all I got from that whole situation was, like, her going, like, Stepford wife as fuck and, like... Preparing to cook up some shit to fuck over in. I wish we had a woman on the show right now. I would love to ask she would know. a woman how they felt. Like I, I don't know. It felt like one of those things where it was like, it was like, it wasn't like him being like, oh yeah, I'm gonna take. But it was just like those things where it was like, it reminded me of it like it's always sunny in Philadelphia, where like Dennis is like, oh yeah, like I take women out on my boat all the time, and it's like it's implied that they can't say no because you know we're out in a boat in the middle of the ocean, right? And it's like never like. Oh yeah, like I'm gonna force myself on you, but it's like, what are you gonna say? Like you're locked in my lake house that's completely secluded, and I have cameras that can see anyone that comes yeah, and goes. Yeah, but when she's like, having sex with him to try and fabricate the whole like that he was raping her over and over again thing, he's reluctant to even have sex with right, her. Right. Yeah. Point. Like she's forcing. She's him like forcing herself him on to... to him. And like, and like, I mean, I gotta stress the fact that like this shit is on CNN. Like, this is like fucking Nancy Grace bullshit is going it's, on. It's, like, the whole nation is looking for this woman. It's Missy Pyle doing an outstanding it's, Nancy it's Grace like impression. Can, yeah, yeah. Oh, totally. And it's great. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the thing is, why couldn't you just why why was it ever explained why you couldn't have just called the police then? Why would why wouldn't you just call the police then? Um. Wait a minute. What? Neil Patrick Harris? Yeah. No, because he's not like being r- raped by her but it's like he's like oh, no i'm saying like the moment that she like why i i'm sure they said something to it but like why wouldn't he just call the police then if he was like trying to help her she's running away from like an abusive husband or like someone who, or who murdered her apparently like why is none of this like i feel like all of this is like override overridden by like his obsession with her oh and you so mean why didn't he call the police when she when he finds her yeah to get her into like protective custody yeah Cause she, because she like point, she half explains yeah. that she staged the kidnapping and ran away from him. So he and and, and he's the murder. Yeah, yeah. Even and, more... and she's like, she's like, because I I feel like he should be in jail for this. And then NPH is like, like agrees with her. And so like she says enough to be like, I can't go to the cops. That's why I came to you. Like, there's a reason why like NPH keeps her in in his house and like keeps her safe and shit. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, yeah, you were just again, too busy hating on him. No, I fucking love Neil Patrick Harris, <laughs> and I was so disappointed that like the first time I've seen him naked on screen was covered in blood. <laughs> it was just like, oh damn it, you just ruined it. <laughs> but no, I was, I was, I was. It's nothing against Neil Patrick Harris. I fucking love Neil Patrick Harris, but in this movie, I really felt like he was a creep, and I felt like he was. I think we're supposed to find him just creepy enough <laughs> that. I, I, I don't know, but I, I agree with Dennis. Like you couldn't, he can't go to the police because she admits to him that she staged the murder, and she can't have that known. So, right until uh, Ben Affleck is like put to death, she can't come forward. I don't know. It just really seemed like he's been living as a recluse and obsessed with her, like since they broke, since the day they broke up. Like that's really you're just what it paying seems attention like. to Amy's lies, man. No, I'm talking like, about like she when put he... a restraining order on. I'm him. talking you about you can't like believe when... what she's gonna say. She spins webs of lies, dude. <laughs> no, but even if <laughs> even if that's the case, like how like if that was the case and she like 
did all this fucked up shit and like lied and like got all this restraining order, all this legal action against him, then why would he not just like immediately be like recoiled, like, you know, by her when she comes to him? Why would he not be like, you fucked my life? Like, you fucking ruined everything. Because he's still obsessed with her. They stay in correspondence because they, they write letters yeah, to one another. Yeah, because he's still obsessed with her. And she's well, been like, no, feeding that. she she's kindled that. that. She kindled that relationship in case she ever needed the situation. She's a calculating psychopath. That's what it's all about. She cooked this shit up for as long as she could, just in case she ever needed to use NPH. So you're telling me that someone who's been like writing to like the person who wrote put a restraining order against them for what like 15, 20 years, yeah, is not obsessed with that person? No, he's totally obsessed, but she's feeling it for sure. Well, yeah, I like know. He, he hints he hints that like she he hasn't even hooked up with anyone else since they broke up. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Right. He's a, fucking creep <laughs> but, that's, but not be on his own volition i think it's because she's like stringing him along you know like writing back all these letters and shit you don't hear what he writes or anything what she writes or anything but like they definitely allude to that yeah but he knows that and, she's married like he knows like and we can't i don't really know why you're defending take... amy I don't know i'm not why def- you're team amy. i'm not defending amy i'm saying craig that, is team amy i'm guys. saying that everyone Listeners, in this craig movie is, is a fucking creep i'm saying everyone in this movie is a fucking creep like, we can't even take his uh creepiness or his, anything he <laughs> does without a grain of salt because it's all through her lens right like, we're all she's the definition of an unreliable narrator so we can't well true yeah I, maybe yeah maybe i was just looking too much through amy's eyes yes maybe, maybe i just i don't know but jesus he seemed creepy as fuck i think he's <laughs> meant to seem a little bit creepy in order to keep us on edge but anyway <laughs> um i'm running out of notes i got a note here i wrote i like to write down my favorite line in movies when i when i hear them and my favorite line for this movie um i, I wonder if you guys can guess um but it was a god this place literally smells like feces it was said by uh, amy's mother she's like this hoity-toity like uh new yorker and they're doing like a search investigation in some backwoods yeah i wrote down two lines that i loved one was about um them as a couple nick and amy as a couple which is we are so cute i want to punch us in the face (laughs) (laughs) and the other one was talking about like i think the sister talking about nick or somebody disparaging him saying he thinks velveta is a cheese oh yeah (laughs) that's that's an excellent insult Uh. also it's like at no point after like amy is like you know rescued from uh desi's place like she like goes like through the hospital like she's like there for a while and like no point do they think to clean any of the blood no off one of her. cleans the blood off yeah. of her. Oh, <laughs> she, I know. she goes home and is like i'm gonna take a shower like, i have to be sure that you're not wearing a wire so come talk to me in the shower <laughs> but to be fair that does like play up the like the dramatic power shift where it's like she's showering off the blood of a dude she just killed yeah yeah and it's, it's for the imagery right that yeah you have to see that but like, it's so like yeah so logic be damned <laughs> right. we just gotta have that you know this. you can that that scene you know has to exist you can see ben affleck's massive cock <laughs> i wrote that down too yeah when he's getting into the shower you totally see a flash of ben affleck's dick uh <laughs> um i read up on that and uh to quote david fincher um, he uh he wanted to do full frontal nudity for the men as well 
Well, no, there's no full there's frontal no women. Full frontal, there's no nudity uh, from the women. Because he wanted it shot like a uh, a raw European film. Uh, uh, hmm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, what else? Also, was that a homeless guy the same? Was that Rickety Cricket? From it's always sunny. That guy totally looked like him for a minute. I have not seen enough Always Sunny yeah. to be speak with authority on it. I swear, I was like, oh my god, that's. Oh, one last note. Um, I felt like this dream kind of got weird and dreamy when he was first taken in for questioning, and then he sees his dad who wandered away from the yeah the like old folks old home. home yeah yeah, and it's like, oh, you're his son, and it's like, yeah, he's like, well, we've been looking for you forever, or we've been he's trying like, to call I've you. Been right he's here. been right here. He's like, was like, whoa, this is some weird dream thing. Like, I wonder if this is gonna that go all happens you know. a lot in Fincher stuff, though. Uh, yeah, but what does that mean? It never played any part back into the movie at all, really. I know they don't they don't reference the dad at all. I wonder what's on the editing room floor like, because really, there's all this hints to like. Well, because that's the thing too is like they go back to the dad's house and the dad is never home. No, when he goes he's there. not in the movie again. Yeah, like after he could have just it's, yeah. It's it's just that, and then yeah. the dad ceases to exist. Right. Yeah. It's, it's so why why probably because <laughs> they're like oh fuck this movie can't be four hours long. Well, because that's the thing too is like because yeah like Amy's parents are like at everything like. Like, you know, they're at, like, all, like, the press conferences and everything like that. And, I mean, I guess you wouldn't want, like, your, like, you know, Alzheimer's, you know, father, like, yeah, at a press conference. Yeah, but why establish that? Why, well, yeah, exactly. Why, why establish why the at thread all? of Ben Affleck's dad just to abandon it completely? I think, I don't know. They wanted to have, like, the house be a part of it. But then at the same time, it's like, it could have just been, like, his dead dad's house or something. Like, it, he, the dad never yeah, needed to come Yeah, we don't need to, to justify play. the dad's existence in order for the house to be a thing. Yeah. Or it could have just been like, yeah, like a summer house. Like or we could something. just like, say that the dad is in assisted living and that he takes care of it. We don't need to have a scene where the dad like had wandered away. Yeah, that was, right. Yeah. <laughs> well, that wraps me up um, as far as my notes. All I've got left is the critical and financial success of this movie. Uh, budget of sixty-one million dollars. Uh, gross of three hundred and sixty-five million dollars. Uh, it has an 8.1 on IMDb and it has an 88% on Rotten Tomatoes. Well deserved. Yeah. yeah. I'd give it I'd, I'd, I'd give it a about 88%. Like, yeah, I'd give it a solid 90% um, yeah. as, as far as I'm concerned. This movie reminded me that I really love thrillers. I love these psychological thrillers. I love movies like this. It's so much up my alley like what you said, Colin. Um I, I, one of like the barometers for me for a good movie is how much I think about it after I'm finished watching it. Oh, yeah, it. and I thought about this movie so right. much. I kept on turning to people and being like, have you seen Gone Girl? So I could like, talk to them about it. <laughs> it was pretty annoying in line at the deli. Especially because we're like three years too late on it. Right, like, yeah. yeah. like three years late yeah, on it. Exactly. <laughs> that should sum up my life, Craig. I like... I, <laughs> <laughs> isn't there... Um, <laughs> I think there's a Jim Gaffigan bit about that where he's like, I always see movies later or something, and I'm like, I just saw Heat. Like, yeah, I saw that like four years ago. <laughs> but I want to talk about it now. Uh, um, all right. Well, I guess that wraps us up for our first iteration in our thriller block that we'll call the thriller block. I was up all night cooking up that name, guys. <laughs> nice work. Yeah, thank you. Good thank job. you. Yeah, um, you, you totally landed that. <laughs> well, before we go into recommendations, I'd like to uh, do any corrections or omissions that you guys can think of from last week, uh, which would be 
Catch me if catch you me can. if you can, and we'll throw in um, just pretty much anything from the biopic block. Um, I don't. Yeah. I, 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 I can't think of anything really. I can't think of anything uh, other than um, I just was reading up on how accurate uh, "Catch Me If You Can" was. The uh, actual Frank. Uh, real Frank Abagnale. Abagnale. Frank Abagnale said it was like 80% accurate to yeah. t- true life, which is pretty fantastic if you think about it. Yeah. Um, and the real Frank Abagnale was like on set for the movie. Yeah. 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 He consulted with Spielberg like throughout the whole production. Right. All right. Well, um, should we go into recommendations? What do you guys got to recommend? Um, I have a very specific recommendation. Um, there is an episode, a particular episode of Blacklist Table Reads, mm-hmm. uh, where they have an interview with the screenwriter for Arrival. Um, and I believe, uh, check it out as soon as you can, because I think it is still on this side of the paywall. Um, so check it out before it goes behind that paywall, or just get a Hal subscription. Uh, let's see. It's been a pretty slow... I'm reading a really shitty sci-fi book, so I can't really recommend it. Um, I, I could give an anti-recommendation for a book. Ringworld by Larry Niven. Don't read it. I've heard <laughs> good things about it, though. Oh, it's trash. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, it's a interesting... Yeah, that's what, that's going to be my recommendation this week. It's, it's going to be an anti-recommendation. I, I did not like Ringworld. I'm in the middle of it. It's terrible. It's like... It was written in late 60s, so it's got all this late 60s attitude towards life where, like, dudes are smart, chicks are a waste of time and space. <laughs> it's like, but their only purpose is, like, fucking. And, like, it's, so there's that. And then he's cooked up these aliens, but the aliens are boring or too weird. And then the story just, like, doesn't make sense. And they'll gloss over, like, really epic moments as to just be nothing. So, well, ring world. Uh, it's an interesting concept because, I mean, it's about, like, if you know anything about Dyson Spheres or Ringworld, like, Larry Niven, the author of this, came up with the concept of Ringworld, which is, like, instead of a planet orbiting a sun, it's just a, a ring around the whole sun that spins. And so you just have, like, massive area to have a lot of people. So the theory is, is that when there's a spacefaring race that's like that advanced one of their biggest problems that they're going to come across is overpopulation and so they'd have to come up come up with like enough area to have enough like all of their population live and so that's why people would like come up with these like like dyson spheres or ring world so that's probably why i've heard this book recommended and a lot of people talk about it being good but i trust your yeah uh, really interesting concept it's a really interesting concept not that good in the execution yeah terrible story terribly written uh, well, uh, if we're doing anti-recommendations, <laughs> don't watch Iron Fist. <laughs> it's not oh, good. <laughs> have you been doing that? Yeah, I'm like five episodes in, and I'm just like, ah, I'm going to finish this. You, you should you should keep I, it up. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I should finish what I start, I guess. But What's your first little anti-recommendation watch. for it? Um, it's just so, I mean... I know there's like the whole thing right now is like you know half pe- half the people are pissed off because the character is white, half the people are pissed off because other people don't think he should be or whatever, and like outside of any of that, it's just like so boring, and it's just like it's pretty much like that like kid who like after college like went to go like backpack around like Asia and then like came back with like all of these like you know like quotes from wisdoms. like yeah yeah it's and it's it's and that's <laughs> like it, i'm sure it could it could 
come across better, but in this show, it just does not. And he's like, he's just like takes everything. He's just like, oh yeah, like I'm gonna like quote all these Asian monks, but then I'm gonna like meditate to hip hop and Wu Tang, and it's just like, what? Yeah, it's it's just like. No, that sounds, that sounds like a '90s movie. Yeah, it really feels like yeah, like that, like type of like '90s groove where it's like we just have to jam in like, like every cultural right. thing without necessarily even like having people to represent those cultures. Yeah. so we'll just put it on this one white guy. Like he'll, this, the... he'll be like the cultural like, and he, yeah, and it's just like at every turn he's like, oh yeah, like. I know you own this dojo, but I'm so much better at kung fu than you. Let me show you how it's done. And it's like, <laughs> uh... <laughs> the whole Defenders thing is also just starting to feel like homework because it's okay. You've got to watch watch Daredevil. Daredevil's great. Okay, now you got to watch all of Jessica Jones. Okay, now you got to watch all of Luke Cage. Okay, now you got to watch Iron Fist. Yeah, and they've all been good up until this point, but now it's like Luke Cage kind of in the second half of the season kind of suffered. Um, uh, Iron Fist right now it's like starting to go off the rails already like they have like one villain kind of and now like that villain's kind of like not really a villain and now there's like this whole new like storyline that they're introducing in the middle of the season like they did with um, Daredevil season 2 uh, or yeah and Luke Cage season 1 where they like had like uh, his like what was his name I didn't watch it uh, but yeah like Cottonmouth is like the villain for the first half of the season and they bring in someone else for the second half of the season and it's like Let's just get one really good villain and then, like, have it build up to something instead like of, like... Jones. Yeah, like exactly. one great villain. So, yeah, it's just... It's it's mostly just, like, just not good in general. All right. <laughs> Despite all of the, the implications of cultural appropriation. So, so that's... <laughs> so that's, a, that's one recommendation and two anti-recommendations. Uh... Yeah, I like that. I like that we kind of crab that in there. That was fun. Yeah, I think I might sometime come up with an anti-recommendation. Would you like to come up with one right now? No, I'll save it for another. All right, all right. <laughs> yeah, that's some balance. That's some balance. Some too much hate. Got to throw in some love. All right, well, um, so what are we watching next, Craig? Yeah, what's next week? Uh, next week is Get Out. Yeah, we are yeah. so excited about this. Uh, we all saw it on opening night uh, on a whim, and we were so glad that we did, and so we knew that we had to do an episode. Um, it's kind of the reason why we're doing this thriller block. Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> we're doing this as an excuse to talk about Get Out. But I'm so happy we're doing it because I love thrillers, it turns out. Ah! <laughs> um, so yeah, we will be doing Get Out 2017, Jordan Peele, written and directed, also currently the... Uh, highest debut for a black director writer. Yep, it's also like the highest grossing movie of this year so far, right? Um, pretty sure. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. I can't um, think of what else came out. Well, let's do that no. research and get back. Yeah, to you. We'll, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We'll have. I bet Triple X beat it globally. Oh, oh globally. globally. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get the fuck out of here! Globally, yeah. <laughs> Look at Craig's face when I said that. Did not do well in America. No, 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 no. No. But anyway, we'll we'll have more of that next week when we're talking about Get Out. Uh, All right. Well, join us next week for that. Um, Where can they find us, Dennis? Oh, you guys can find all of our episodes on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com forward slash IWITWT. Please follow us on Twitter at want you to watch this with the letter U and the number two. And hey, if you want to be a guest, contact us through that. You can also follow us on our Twitter handles. What's your Twitter handle, Craig? 
Clegg. <laughs> Clegg. Clegg versus Twitter. You got Clegg. I am uh, Catharticus. Catharticus. Colin, what you at? I am at Colin Munch. And I am at the D-Bucks with an X. Um, you can visit our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash IWITWT for some movie discussion. And please, please, please go to iTunes or Stitcher and write us a five-star review. Don't be an asshole and write us a one-star review. Be a kind friend and write us a five-star review. <laughs> that would be weird if you just wrote us a one-star review. If you listened all the way to this point and were like, I hate this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> If you like it, tell your friends. If you don't like it, just shut up about it. Yeah. Just, just if go you, li- if you don't else. like it, just stop listening. Yeah. <laughs> if you do like it, yeah, you share it with people. More people will listen to this. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. Thank you for joining us for our kickoff of uh, the Thriller Block. And join us next week for part two. <laughs>